Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, the myth, the legend, the voice. And I am joined by my co-host today, the man who's leading the dance, the one who's looking to uh, engage in uh, ring or octagon control uh, by how he controls the flow of the show. It is none other than Will T. Will, I see you sporting uh Sporting a, a pretty spiffy shirt there, man. What, what's going on with yes, that? I, I, I came to I came to play today. You know, uh, Ali versus Frazier, uh, one of the greatest matches of all time. Fun fact: uh, my my grandfather actually was a drinking buddy of Joe Frazier. Oh, wow. uh, you know, I, I love Ali, but you know, this Philly man, so I'm I'm yeah. the way. Yeah, for sure. That's what's up. That's yeah. what's up. Uh, I, I I know some folks. Who use box with sphinxes? I guess that that's about as close as I come to uh, to local fight uh, lore, uh, at, at least far as boxing is concerned. MMA, I think I shared with you, um, Tyron Woodley, uh, the song that he listens to when he comes out to the uh, cage or ring uh, in his headphones. You always see him with headphones on. He's listening to a song that was uh, written. And produced by my brother because he used to go uh his, his mother and he and his sisters uh used to go to my father's church oh wow okay hey you, you gotta find an inspiration somewhere so that, that's dope to know yeah we got a, a big show today um man it's a lot to cover it's a, a lot of combat sport boxing love going on over the next couple weeks so mm-hmm. man, let's just go ahead and get into it so I know you of all people saw that Errol Spence fight uh, this weekend I don't even want to oh, mention yes. you guys because I'm, I'm praying for that brother but uh, stopped him in the 10th round he came to, to do exactly what he did um, actually forced an orbital fracture um, but with that win he's even find the welterweight title so what's next well, he said what's next. And I'm so glad that he said what's next because that should have been even before this fight. Um, I mean, it makes sense because now it is a overall unification bout, whereas uh, before it would have been a partial unification because the uh, WBA belt, which Ugas held that he took off of Pacquiao, would have still been out there. Uh, however, now it is a complete unification about uh, the WBO belt that Bud Crawford holds versus the WBA, WBC, and IBF belts that Spence now holds. Um, it was a great fight. It was one-way action, really. Uh, I don't know why Ugas was so tentative. Uh, first couple rounds, he was doing well. He was uh, catching a lot of shots on his gloves and you know he was keeping Spence from being able to get through cleanly but he was still getting through and as the fight went on he started splitting the guard more and more and more uh, that I start swelling you could notice the swelling around the third round and then it just got worse and worse and worse uh, after that and, and though Ugas was hitting Spence harder in the beginning uh, the accumulation of punishment is what really added up and led to uh, the win. On top of that, Spence was winning. 
mean, he won, in my eyes, um, out of the nine fights, with, I mean, nine rounds before it was stopped, he won seven out of the two rounds. So, uh, you know, outside of, I forget which round it was, but Ugas caught him with a really nice uh, uppercut to the body. And then that led to some other uppercuts to the body uh, in that round. And then um, I feel like he won the ninth round too. But that was it. After that, it was all she wrote. Uh, just not enough activity on Ugas's end to give him the fight. Yeah, I mean, from what I saw, it definitely seemed like Spence was kind of, you know, counting, knowing exactly where he was going, and it started to kind of wear him down. Probably about, exactly what you said, probably about the fourth round. But, I mean, Ugas is a, is a great fighter. I mean, he stood tall. He he really didn't even want to end the fight. Uh, but it was just one of those things where, I mean, for just for his safety, they had to stop it. So, uh, I, I'm definitely going to see what's going to happen with Ugas next. I'm sure he's going to have to, you know, first take care of himself and then uh, fight to get back in contention. But um, that was definitely an exciting fight. I'm looking forward to seeing what's next with them. Yeah, definitely. I'm also looking forward to what's next for Spence. Then what's next for Ugas. What's next for Ugas is probably a fight on uh, Fox or whatever the lower tier broadcaster the pvc has uh because even before that i mean him fighting that fight uh did he look great in it yes he did but then he was also fighting against a highly diminished pacquiao uh before that i want to say when he fought uh because people don't talk about that fight enough when he fought and they kept saying a highly contested split decision i remember seeing that fight and uh um not Crawford. Uh, what is the guy's name? Uh, I call him the Leprechaun because one fight it was on or around um, uh, <laughs> St. Patrick's Day. He was dressed, dressed in all green and yellow, and he looked like a Leprechaun. Porter, Sean Porter. That's who it is. Um, yeah, that that fight wasn't as close to me as other people saw it, and I feel like that was on like. Fox or something. It may have been on Showtime. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I think he was definitely punching above his weight in there in his show. Well, uh, hopefully he, he gets back to it soon. So definitely love to see him in the ring. Now, next up, boys, uh, this weekend we had uh, Bilal Muhammad and Vicente Luque, uh, UFC Vegas 51, inside the uh, UFC Apex. Now, uh, Muhammad actually won that fight. Well, kind of a, a a great tactical performance. Well, can you tell us about that? Yeah, it, it definitely was. I mean, he, he pretty much pitched a shutout, and it was such a vindicating win for him because uh, they fought before. Uh, this was the second time that Muhammad and Luke fought. But as you look at the card, or I should say the 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 poster for it, it says Luke versus Muhammad. Because Luke was ranked higher and Luke beat Muhammad the first time. However, again, uh, Bilal the bully did just that. He bullied Luke throughout the fight, took him down each round, kept him there, uh, ground and pound, and got the victory. Uh, is that something that will get you uh, both your show and win purses? Absolutely. Will that keep you winning fights? Absolutely. Will it move you ahead in the uh, rankings? Uh, not so much. Not so much. Now, um, he has called out, which I thought was an excellent call out. He called out 
uh, Kobe Covington. And I think that is an excellent fight to uh, call out because that's a fight that can be made. Uh, Kobe is very selective in the people that he fights. And he really only fights people that he thinks he can win if it's not for a title. And I think he thinks that he can beat Malal, but uh, Muhammad's his cardio, I think it is something, especially depending on when they fight, his cardio is something that he might be able to match Kobe as far as cardio is concerned. Kobe don't want no parts of Hamza. That's what, uh, that's the fight that Dana White wants to make. That's a fight that many fight fans want to see. But Kobe don't want no parts of, uh, of Hamza. He really doesn't. Now, could he break him with his cardio? Possibly. But will he be able to weather the storm to be able to break him with uh, with his cardio? That's the question. I don't know. I know he probably looks at Muhammad as a much easier fight. Um, but here's the thing that people don't know or that people aren't really um, taking into account. Allah Muhammad, as his name states, uh, or I should say, uh, most people who have last name Muhammad are Muslim. And, and my uh, practitioners of Islam are participating in Ramadan right now, which means they're fasting from sunup to sundown. This fight card took place in Vegas, which meant he was fasting pretty much all day. I, I, I know someone who's uh, Muslim in Vegas, and they said it really doesn't get dark until around nine o'clock there so he's fasting this whole time while he's training and fighting which i commend him for that is a yeoman's effort and be able to be able to fight the way that he fought while fasting is amazing it's absolutely amazing it uh, harkens back to the days of hakeem olajuwon playing in uh, the nba uh Finals, as well as well, not the not always necessarily the finals, but definitely in the playoffs, uh, because he was also fasting uh, during and during that time, and Ramadan was around that time, so you know, kind of harkens back uh, to those things. Uh, so you know, let him fight a little later in the year when that's not going on. I mean, the, the greatest, or I should say, who people consider the greatest, Habib Magomedov, who's also a practitioner of Islam, never fought during Ramadan. So hats off to Muhammad for doing that and for having such a great bout and getting uh, that win back. It seems like he picked up a, a, a new strategy because uh, Vicente was actually shocked by his stance switching uh, throughout the bout. Uh, I, I believe uh, Muhammad normally fights in the or- orthodox stance and uh, Vicente said that he was, he was really thrown off by uh, the, the stance switching that he did throughout the fight and that caused a lot of problems for him because he wasn't expecting that. So. I mean, we, you know, we never know what's going to happen in the next fight. And with, with you know, combat sports, it, it, it always takes one punch <laughs> and, and you're down. So definitely looking forward to seeing what's happening next. Um, let's see. So on to the next thing, uh, the incredible, incredible McKee versus Pitbull 2 at Bellator uh, 277. Man. Now, yeah, you, you say incredible and incredible is the right uh, term to use when it comes to this fight because to most people it's incredible that the judges scored it the way they scored it I had it three rounds for McKee I had first, fourth, and fifth uh, those were to me quite obviously McKee rounds round one 
that one was a little closer but with it being the champion and with uh the fact that he came out immediately through that sidekick to the stomach you know and hit him with the more uh, meaningful and lasting shots i gave round one to him i could see it going the other way but to have all of the judges give round one to pitbull that's kind of incredible what's even more incredible is that one of the uh judges only gave mckee one round one round when round two and three was so clearly mckee's rounds he took pitbull down he ground and pounded him the whole time uh, round five uh he he ended by busting the man's eye so he, that's the only round he gave him because it was 49 to uh to, to 46 so that yeah that part is incredible i think it was good though for mckee because hopefully it'll be good for him because he went in with a lot of bravado understandably so um and a lot of confidence understandably so and hopefully this will help to humble him a bit so that he approaches things in a much more holistic fashion and and understands that um one like he said uh his father said never leave in the hands of the judges and he did so that's one uh two he didn't think and when uh we're talking with him in the press conference uh, the the pre-fight press conference he really didn't believe that there was enough time for Pitbull to make the adjustments necessary to win the fight well at least well not at least all three of the judges said that he did and his approach was much much more different now he called it right he said that um, uh, he said that he would come in a lot uh more calm and he did but it still wasn't or I should say he came in a lot more strategic than he did before and that's the reason why uh, he was able to win well if I'm not mistaken in the first fight I believe McKee won in maybe like two minutes with a guillotine choke correct right so I mean maybe it was just you know people got caught off you know caught off guard the first time and maybe that's what affected it because, but I was actually reading a lot of what people were expecting and everyone was actually uh expecting the key to come out with the win. so it's maybe that was kind of shocking or oh yeah it, it was definitely shocking he, he expected to win everyone expected him to win uh no one thought that pitbull could make the changes needed mm-hmm. to win the fight but this really showed that much of fight one was dictated by pitbull's emotions he came in real riled up he wanted to really hurt uh mckee and show hey you you little punk uh i'm the king of bellator and you know they're trying to put all this promotional press and push behind you and you're talking big i'm the man now granted he showed he was a man in the second fight but he wanted to come out in that one and show he was a man it really reminds me of the fight that people had with michael chandler I can still remember seeing with my own eyes uh, Pitbull saying, hey, hey, I want to fight you after Chandler knocked out his brother Cole. Oh, my goodness. Like, in in a minute or so. And Chandler saying, I'll kill you. And Chandler took that same energy, unfortunately, and that same passion into his fight with Pitbull and got knocked out by a 45er. So uh, that's really what happened 
or I should say, looking back in retrospect, this had a lot to do with McKee's ability to win that first fight so easily when he came in with a, a clear and a, a uh, calm mind, not trying to kill, but trying to employ his strategy, he was successful. Definitely the eyes of the judges. We definitely got you the trilogy out there. It has to happen. Oh, yeah. Well, and see, here's the thing, though. AJ is either angling for more money for that fight or he has put the kibosh on it and Pitbull too because AJ said look I'm done with 45 I'm uh, 27 years old making this weight cut is too difficult for me there's really nothing for me here I'm going up to 55 there's more to do at 55 so either that was some uh, public negotiations uh, to get some more money to cut down to 45 to make that trilogy bout you know, he said, oh, we'll do it at 55. And people was like, I don't fight at 55. I gave up the 55 belt for a reason. That's not my weight class. That's my brother's weight class. I, the only reason I had a 55 belt is because I wanted to knock out Michael Chandler. And I did that. I have no desire to go to 55. If this fight is going to happen, again, it's going to happen at 45. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Even if he doesn't come back to 45 to fight uh, the older people, Patricio fighting Patricio at 55 will be very, very, very interesting. Um, just some of the things that he said, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about that, man. No, I, I'll be faster and then stronger at uh, 55. People don't usually get faster going up in weight unless you are draining yourself so much so to get down to 45 which it sounds like he is draining himself quite a bit but unless you were just spending the whole time cutting weight to get down to 45 i don't see how you'd be that much better at 55 especially just coming up now you get a couple of fights under the belt you uh you start building into your 55 uh frame that's a different story yeah, that, I mean that, that's a lot. That, that's a lot to put on the body to keep trying to cut to get to, to certain weights for certain people. You got to fight when you see that. So definitely looking forward to seeing what's next. Hopefully, get that trilogy. When we come back, we got more with the voice in TMV Sports. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another great, great segment of the main card with the man, the myth, the legend, the voice. Boys, did I do that right? Oh, yes, sir. There we go. There we go. So we got a lot more to get into. The, the, yeah, the check is in the mail. It ain't coming from me, but the check is in the mail. Hey, I do what I can, man. I'm here to make you look good, sir. So we got a lot to cover because there's a lot yeah. going on. Uh, just just to make a, a quick mention, uh, PFL 1 uh, Season 2 is actually taking place on April 20th. Uh, so make sure that you tune in to that. Uh, it's going to be a great fight. Collar Stevenson, uh, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, but up next, we got the Golden Boy VIP Fantasy Resort Casino fight happening on April 21st. Uh, that fight card is with Joel Diaz 
and San Diego's own Mercito No Mercy Gista in a 10-round super lightweight battle. Uh, voice, what, what, who's taking it here, and, and, and what do you think about it? Well, who's taking it is a great question. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, it's a really good matchup in that both of these men, uh, they've been fighting for a little while. You know, they've got some good experience under their belts. Uh, Diaz has more knockouts than uh, than Gesta does, but Gesta has, you know, maybe about 10 or so more fights than Diaz has. So uh, who all wins or what happens is going to be very, very interesting. Uh, whoever comes out on top, though, it should put them... Uh, it should give them a, a, a opportunity to fight someone much higher in the rankings as far as uh, they have it listed here as super lightweight, which is really uh, uh, junior. It's, it's the junior uh, division of the previous one. But it, either way, I'm not going to split hairs on that. Um, but Taylor, uh, Josh Taylor is the one that has the 140 pound division because that's really where they're fighting they're fighting at 140 josh taylor has that sewn up could they fight um you know someone like oh i don't know um um uh, rugaru possibly uh could they fight the the english dude that taylor almost lost to recently possibly you know there, there are a lot of different options out there at 140 uh, could tank move up to 140 and uh, start with one of these gentlemen um, uh, as his first fight at that weight class possibly there, there's a lot on the line as far as what's coming next more so than what they have in this fight it's a 10 round fight and 10 round the most you can do is get like a, a regional or continental belt for that so it's not really much uh out there as far as that's concerned it's more so just moving up in the rankings and or re-establishing themselves as far as rankings are concerned uh they've got a co-main event which is really a showcase matchup uh on this card as well with uh tito gonzalez he's 11 one and he fights um he fights at lightweight uh versus Chiaro Lopez uh, that, that's really a, a set up fight for him just to get him some exposure on this card mm-hmm. well, I mean that's going to be a great fight like you said Diaz is 26-2 uh, with 22 knockouts and uh, Justice 32-3-3 and three with 17 knockouts so uh, definitely going to be a, a great sparring match and, and a great opportunity for one of them to make some noise in the division uh, moving on UFC Fight Night 205 it's another amazing Women's Championship face-off. Jessica Andrade taking on Amanda Lemos and what many consider to be an opportunity for Lemos to actually solidify herself uh, 13 fights into her career. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that one and, and who are you taking here? Uh, you, I mean, you really hit the nail on the head. This is um, this is a make or break. Well, let me not say make or break, but if Lemos wants to uh, <laughs> if she wants to be next in line uh, to get destroyed by Valentina Shevchenko, because that's really oh, I, I'm sorry, that's the wrong way class. Uh, this is a straw weight. Um, if she wants to be next in line for 
the winner possibly uh, between Thug Rose and Carla Esparza. She needs to win this fight. Uh, Andrade used to hold the title at Strawway at 115, uh, and she got that title beating Rose Nama Yunus. And then she fought her again in a rematch and lost. That was back in like 2019. And Andrade hasn't fought at 115 since then. She went on to uh, try her hand at Bant, not Bantamweight. Um, that's what she fought originally. She went on to try her hand at Flyweight. Uh, ran off a win or so. Got to fight uh, Valentina Shevchenko uh, to get destroyed as nearly everyone whose name is not Amanda Nunez does so um, she has decided to go back down to 115 how will that work for her she's getting older now she hasn't fought in this weight class you know in what nearly three years is this really the time to drop back down in weight Um, as I stated when she started in the UFC she started at Bantamweight at 135 pounds and she was making noise at 135 dropped all the way down to strawweight back up now to flyweight down to strawweight can her body handle all that we'll see now Lemos did some of the same things you know she's only had one loss and that loss was her very first UFC bout uh, back in 2017 at Bantamweight since then she's only fought at strawweight you know dropped down two weight classes but she dropped down two weight classes to be undefeated uh is this her greatest test to date absolutely uh and how she performs will have a lot to do with her immediate uh title implications i still think she's a fighter two away from the title if she were to beat Andrade, especially seeing as uh the fight of the year a couple years ago in 2020 to me the fight of the year uh between john way lee and um um oh father what what is her name uh yoani and that fight is taking place again uh real soon the winner of that will more than likely face the winner of Rose versus Carla Esparza and if that's not a re- another rematch or a trilogy because I know the UFC is not all that fine of Carla Esparza so if she were to beat Rose they may do an immediate rematch just to get the title back on Rose so there's a lot of movement mm-hmm. as far as the strawweight division is concerned uh, but if Lemos wants to continue her upward trajectory she's got to be Andrade and if Andrade wants to get back in that title contention she's got to be Lemos yeah it's going to be a knockdown drag out fight because Lemos has a lot to prove and there's a lot riding on the, you know her, her career uh, trajectory uh, whether she takes a win or loss here so I'm uh, definitely looking forward to see that uh, moving on to Bellator's 278 and 279. These will actually take place uh, at the Blaisdell Arena in Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, with 278 taking place on the 22nd. Uh, in that matchup, you'll get to see uh, the women's flyweight title match between undefeated flyweight champion Juliana Vasquez uh, against uh, Liz Carmouche. Um, and then there are also going to be two wildcard qualifier bouts. Uh, 
for the Bellator Bandweight uh, World Grand Prix uh, there. And then the next night you'll get uh, Cyborg and Blinko in a Women's Featherweight Championship match and a continuation of the World uh, Grand Prix Tournament quarterfinal uh, bout. Uh, voice incredible card on both nights mm-hmm. who do you have and, and what do you think about the cards now as far as the main events go for uh, 278 and 279 we're going to talk about that a little bit more on uh, MTNV live when we do our fight nights update uh, as far as those cards are concerned the, I really love the fact that Bellator has kind of gone all in on this Grand Prix. They've hung their hats on this being their thing. Uh, the UFC, they just like own all the real estate. It's like, if you want to be the best, that's where their hat hangs. You know, the, the best fight here, which you can't say that really as much anymore because they had let a lot of people in that uh, would not have been UFC caliber fighters just even five years ago. So you have that aspect of things. But again, that's where they hang their hat. PFL, they hang their hat on their tournament where Bellator hangs his hat on the Grand Prix. And I love the fact that uh, in 278 that they have the wild card. That that just really mixes things up and kind of makes it exciting. Uh, Most of us are familiar with the wild card. Uh, perspective if you're a sports fan because baseball has its wild card NFL has its wild card the play-in is technically a wild card for the NBA uh, as well as for the men's basketball uh, championship on the NCAA level you know those are technically wild card um, contests and having this wild card set up for the uh, Grand Prix I love because it brings another level of excitement you know these guys are fighting for an opportunity just to get in uh, to see what they can do so that that makes it very very exciting so I love that about Bellator 278 Bellator 279 that's when the Grand Prix really really kicks off you know you've got Archuleta versus Stotts for the interim title Again, that's phenomenal. We're going to talk about that a little later. You got Mix versus Horiguchi, which is the Voices Marquee matchup for that card. And that could be for the interim title. I mean, literally, Mix fought for the uh, int- for the title some years ago, lost to Archuleta in a five-round bout, which was phenomenal. Fight of the year content- uh, contender. He's going against Horiguchi, which Horiguchi is ranked number five. And that's so hard to believe, seeing as he just lost the title to Sergio Pettis last year. How you go from, from being a champion to number five? I don't know, but I'm not on the rankings committee. If I get on the rankings committee, maybe that would be a bit different. I don't know. But just to know that he's at five right now is really, really kind of puzzling. Especially seeing as he, well, okay, I, I can kind of see how how that would be the case. I said he lost the title. He didn't technically lose a title to uh, to Pettis. Then Pettis retained his title, but Pettis was able to win the title uh, in the first place, beating stop um, beating Archuleta 
because Horiguchi had to vacate the title. He was hurt. He gave up his uh, Ryzen title. He gave up his Bellator title. Mix and Archuleta fought for the vacant title. And then when Archuleta went to defend it for the first time, he lost it to Pettis. Again, I don't know how you have Horiguchi down that low, especially, especially when he won the whole fight up until the time that he didn't. Now, granted, when he didn't, he didn't in spectacular fashion because he got knocked clean out. Mm-hmm. But that was like in the fourth or fifth round. He was getting destroyed. Uh, Pettis was. I think it was the fifth round. And he had to pull out a Hail Mary. And he did it. And that really helped to establish Sergio and establish his his credibility as a champion. But again, to, to have to be ranked number five, I, I just don't get it. But all that being said, Horiguchi is a beast. He is a killer. Uh, this is the same person who went five rounds with the GOAT at uh, Flyweight, Demetrius Johnson. This is the same guy who's been killing it and rising. Now, Mix is a beast, but he's a beast on the ground where Horiguchi is well-rounded. So it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be able to impose their will in this fight and who's going to come out on top. That's why it's a voice marking matchup for Belt Tour 279. Wow. So that sounds more interesting than almost everything else is probably going on that weekend. So definitely just wait, wait till we get into uh into those top two cars on the live show. It's a lot of drama uh in those two, a whole lot of drama. Definitely, definitely uh, coming up, uh actually Saturday the 23rd. Speaking of uh the Gypsy King versus the body snatcher, uh, Tyson Fury versus Dylan White takes place on April 23rd uh, in the Wembley Stadium in London, England. Yes. I'm definitely looking forward to talking about that one. I know you got a lot of thoughts on that one, but you know you definitely got to tune in to, to, to when we speak about that. So when we come back, uh, we'll definitely be covering even more fight and combat information for you with the curator of MTMV Combat. It's the voices, Will T. Stay tuned.